Amen. Good morning, church. How are you doing today? Good? So, so? Blessed. Amen. Are you ready to be challenged this morning? I hope so. I hope your hearts are open to receive that even if the word is a bit challenging, and if it does make you a little bit uncomfortable this morning, if you start to feel your seat is getting a bit hot, embrace it. I'm just giving you a warning. If you start to feel uncomfortable, embrace it. Because that is something that the Lord is trying to get you to be aware of. It's not to bring condemnation. It's to bring conviction to cause us to change. Amen? Amen. So if something does just kind of touch a chord in your heart, that's the Lord pointing something in your life that he wants to work on, that he wants to work with you through. Amen? Who was here on Friday night? We had a blessed time. Amen? Worship was great. There was a lovely moment of of intimacy with the Lord. There was also an excitement when we were praising Him. And the Word was good, amen? It was challenging, it was encouraging. And if you missed it, you can head over to our website. It will be up earlier in the week. It will go up on our website, so keep a look out into the unknown. I encourage you to go listen to the message if you were not here on Friday night. And even if you were, to go hear it again and be encouraged to take on the unknowns in our life, amen? Amen. So this morning, let's get into the word. Tying in with what was said on Friday night that the unknown can be a scary place. Amen. We don't know what is waiting for us in the unknown. We don't know what will happen. So how can we confidently go into it? We walk with God. We face the unknown without feeling completely overwhelmed by it, by going into it with God at our side. Now, here's the interesting thing when we walk with God. Something happens to us. A change happens in our life. We begin to grow. We experience transformation that takes our old life and turns it into something new, into something better. But only if you are willing to let that happen. When we walk with God, if we are to experience change, we have to allow that change to happen. We have to work with God in that process. What we need to understand is this. Our level of growth with God correlates to the depth of our relationship with Him. And the depth of our relationship with Him correlates to the level of our devotion to Him. Does that make sense? Our growth depends on the depth of our relationship. The depth of our relationship depends on our devotion. And as believers, our devotion to God should not be conditional. It should not be partial. It should not be inconsistent. We need to have an all or nothing devotion. We need to be all in. Our commitment to follow the Lord needs to be all in 24-7, 365. No part-time here. So the title of my message this morning is All In, How to Let Go and Grow with God. All In. Now we're going to take a look at an interaction that Jesus had with someone where he asked for this all in commitment. And let's see what happens. So we're going to take a look at Matthew chapter 19, verses 16 to 22. And this passage is known to be about the young rich ruler. 
So it says, Now behold, one came to him and said, Good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? It's a good question. What should we do to gain eternal life? So he said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. And he said to him, which ones? And Jesus said, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother, and you shall love your neighbors as yourself. And the young man said to him, all these things I have kept from my youth, what do I still lack? And Jesus said to him, if you want to be perfect, go, sell what you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come, follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. Now we don't know who this young man is. All we're told is that he's young, he's rich. And he seems to have some kind of position because he's often referred to as the rich young ruler. Now, by our standards, this man would be a great asset in doing the work for the kingdom. He's young, which means he's got stamina, he's got strength, he's got energy, so he has many years ahead of him to do good work for the kingdom to make a difference. He's also got power and influence. And he's got money, which means he has resources. Seems pretty good to me. He can be pretty useful. So he's got all these things and then he asks, what good things shall I do? And then Jesus first gives him a list of tasks. Keeping the commandments we can see as a task. It's something that we're checking off our do good list. And that was easy for this young man because he had been doing that from, his young, from a young age. So he'd become accustomed to following these commandments. He'd been doing it. He was used to it. He wasn't having an issue keeping the commandments. Now, right there, Jesus could have said, great, keep doing that. And then use your influence and your resources to guide others to do the same. And then send him on his way. But instead, Jesus asks him to give away everything and follow him. By asking that, what Jesus is actually asking is, young man, where is your heart? We can do the right things, all the right things, without our hearts being in the right place. This young man walked away sorrowful. Why? Because his heart was with his possessions, with his wealth, with his position, not with Jesus. Doing good is easy when it doesn't cost us anything. He was asking what can he do? And the things that he wanted to do, he wanted them to be comfortable, to not require too much sacrifice. But we need to understand what Jesus was trying to get this young man to understand. Doing good is not the goal. Doing good is not enough. The heart behind our commitment is what matters. In Mark's telling of this encounter, this is how he recorded Jesus' response in verse 21. So Mark chapter 10, verse 21. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, one thing you lack, 
Go your way, sell whatever you have, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross and follow me. One thing you lack, Jesus said. Essentially, here's what Jesus is saying. You've done the right things. I can see that you are trying, but you're missing this. You're missing this one thing, me. When we have Jesus, when we choose to follow him, when we have a relationship with the Lord, we need to put aside our selfish desires. We have to give up certain things. We need to reevaluate our priorities. We need to make sure that our hearts are in the right place. We need to make sure that we're not just doing all the good things and missing out on Jesus. Jesus wants more than just our good intentions. He wants our everything. He wants our heart. Now, I want you to understand this. When we talk about heart, we're not talking about the organ inside. Rather, this is a reference to what drives us, the core of who we are, the center of our desires, the reason behind our actions. Our heart is the why. Our heart is the throne of our lives and Jesus wants that seat. You've heard this, this verse before. I'm gonna read it again. It's a verse that you will hear over and over again. It's a verse that you should be holding close to your heart, that you should be reminding yourself of every day. Proverbs chapter four, verse 23. And I'm gonna read three different versions of it. The NIV, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Your heart determines what you do. The Living Bible Translation, above all else, guard your affections, the things you value, what you hold dear, what you prioritize, for they influence everything else in your life. The New Living Translation, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Your heart determines the direction your life is gonna take. Your heart determines the situations that you deal with, how you're going to deal with them. Your heart determines how your life is gonna turn out. Our actions, our reactions, our choices are an overflow of what is in our heart. And this young man's heart was exposed when Jesus asked him to let go and follow him. His heart determined his decision. His heart influenced how he responded. What was in his heart came out in that moment. Luke chapter 12, verse 34 says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This young man's heart was with his treasure, his earthly treasure, not with Jesus. Where is your heart this morning? Where is your heart currently? Where are your treasures, your affections? When our hearts are exposed and we see that it's not quite where it should be, it's not quite in the right place, we have a choice. We either make the necessary changes and reorganize our priorities, or we do nothing. We walk away. We don't know what that young man did. He walked away sorrowful. Did he change his mind? Did he do what Jesus asked him to do? We don't know. Did he hold on to everything and keep his heart with his treasure? We have a choice. We can either allow the moment 
that reveals where our heart is to help us grow and draw closer to the Lord, or we can walk away sorrowful because we don't want to let go of our comforts. But when our heart is all in for the Lord, we position ourselves in a place to learn, to receive correction, to grow, to become healthier, to become stronger spiritually. And this is a process. It doesn't happen overnight. You don't just immediately put your heart in the right place and everything falls into place. It's a process. When we make the choice to follow him, we're choosing to put in the work. And following him means that we will be tested over and over and over again to make sure that our hearts are in the right place, to give us opportunities to grow. We heard about this last week. You'll be tested over and over again to help you see where is your heart? Where are the areas in your life that you need to grow? See, accepting Jesus and making the commitment to follow him, that's just the first step in our journey. And as difficult as that first step may be for some people to make that initial decision, this is actually the easiest step. The actions that follow, the effort that is required, the cost of the commitment you've just made is where many slack and fall away. It's easy to say, Lord, I want to follow you. The action that comes afterwards is where some of us trip up, where we struggle, where we get uncomfortable. Now, the way I see it is our relationship with God, our commitment with Him, the growth that we experience with Him, we can compare it to our physical fitness. We can compare it to our physical health. We know that exercise is good for us. We know that it is important to be active, to do some sort of exercise. We know it's good for us, but we don't like it. Sorry? <laughs> so let's use the gym as an analogy. I'll make the choice to sign up and get a membership at the gym. That's the first step towards a healthier and fitter lifestyle. But now I have to do something with that membership, right? Keeping that card in my pocket won't do anything. So I go to the gym. I get there and I see all this equipment, all this stuff, people are exercising, so I take a seat and I watch everybody. Check that guy, he's working really hard. Check that girl, she's running so fast on the treadmill. Okay, I've been here about an hour, I'm gonna head home. So, I've been to the gym, I went. I go home, when I'm not at the gym, maybe I'll watch some fitness videos, some exercise videos. Learn how to do the exercises properly so that I do not injure myself. I go and read articles and, and watch these videos and I learn what exercises will help me get stronger, what exercises will help me with my endurance. I watch all these things to help me learn about a healthy lifestyle. I learn about better eating habits. And I'm doing all of this while I'm eating the McDonald's I picked up on the way home. <laughs> and this becomes my routine. I'll go watch people, come home, watch videos, snack on whatever I want. That becomes my routine. Do you think 
that there will be a big transformation after six months. What will, what will my transformation look like? Either big transformation or no transformation at all. And when we say big transformation, it's the wrong kind. I went to the gym. I learned about exercise. I learned what I should do, what I shouldn't do. But did I apply any of it? Did I actually do any of it? There won't be any change or any growth. I'll have the head knowledge, but I won't experience transformation because I'm not doing anything about it. Sitting in the gym and watching exercise and health videos won't make me fitter and healthier. I need to actually do something in order to see change, to experience growth, to experience strength, to experience health. I need to get on the equipment. I need to lift the weights. I need to cut out certain things. I need to make the necessary changes and put in the effort if I want to see change. Proximity brings knowledge, but action is what brings change. Proximity, being in the gym, watching people, I can learn a few things, but it won't bring change unless I actually take action. Do you see the parallel? It's two things we know are good for us, but we struggle to sometimes put in the effort. Choosing to sign up at the gym is the first step. Choosing to accept Jesus gets you the membership, but we need to take action after making the choice. I can come to church every week. I can sit here and watch, listen. I can watch other people around me, watch what they're doing. When I'm at home during the week, I can watch other sermons. I can gain knowledge about God, about scripture. But that knowledge needs to lead to action. James chapter one, verse 22. Be doers of the word, not just hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Don't deceive yourself by thinking that hearing the message is all you need. Hearing is not enough, we need to do something. We need to hear it, accept it, take action on it. We need to apply the knowledge that we have gained from hearing if we want to grow. And in the application of that knowledge, our hearts and our commitment will be tested and exposed. Now we see these two parallels, but I, I would almost say I think it's easier for us to give attention to our physical well-being because we can, we can see the change. It might be a little bit easier to give attention to our physical well-being, but what good is it if our physical being is strong and healthy and our spiritual being is weak and malnourished? We should be focusing on both but give priority to your spiritual well-being. So this is great. It's good to know. But how do we do it? How do we become all-in believers? How do we become fully devoted to God? How do we place Him on the throne of our hearts and grow in our relationship with Him? Well, first and foremost, you have to make the choice to do so. You have to decide 
to then act on that choice. Again, it, it comes down to that choice that only you can make. No one can make that choice for you. People might encourage you and motivate you and kind of push you along, but you have to be the one to make the choice and personally say, I'm going to do this thing. And once you decide to commit fully to your choice, here are four points to help us be all in. Number one, stop making excuses. We've heard all the excuses. At some point, we have made the excuses, and maybe we are still making excuses. Did you read your Bible this week? Nah, I didn't have time. Did you pray? Yeah, when I got a chance. Are you going to go to church this week? We'll see how I feel. Excuses. I'm too busy. I'm too tired. I don't feel like it. I'm not quite ready yet. Stop making excuses. Did you have time to, to check social media? Did you have time to play that game? <laughs> Did you have time to watch that episode? Did you have time to give your attention to those things that are distracting you? Guess what? That means you have time to spend with God. You give attention to the things that you prioritize. And when we are making excuses, it's not that we don't have the time. What we are actually saying is, God, you are not a priority. I will give you attention when I feel like it. When we make excuses, we neglect God. And when we make excuses, we are stunting our growth. And if we stunt our growth, that means that we are going to remain spiritual babies. And that's not a good thing. Imagine if your baby stopped growing and just remained a baby. For years, they just remained a baby. Would you be okay with that? There would be something wrong, right? You'd be like, hang on, what's going on here? And the same applies spiritually. If we aren't growing, we re if we remain spiritual babies, something is wrong. Hebrews chapter 5, verses 13 and 14 says this, and I'm going to read the Living Bible translation. You have been Christians a long time now, and you ought to be teaching others. But instead, you have dropped back to the place where you need someone to teach you all over again the very first principles in God's word. You are like babies who can only drink milk, not old enough for solid food. And when a person is still living on milk, it shows he isn't very far along in the Christian life and doesn't know much about the difference between right and wrong. He is still a baby, a baby Christian. You will never be able to eat solid spiritual food and understand the deeper things of God's word until you become better Christians and learn, from, learn right from wrong by practicing doing right. A commitment to go all in, a commitment to stop making excuses, a commitment to do the right thing, to do the work and begin to grow. That is what we should be doing. Don't remain an infant who can only drink spiritual milk. 
It's time for us to grow and move on to solid spiritual food. It's time for us to mature enough to understand the deeper things of God's word so that we can be better Christians, so that we can go out and make a difference in the world around us. It's a process. We start off on the spiritual milk, but we have to move on from there. We have to get deeper. We have to get to the meat. We can't just stay on the superficial. We have to grow. And if we keep making excuses, we're not going to grow. Now, here's the thing. Christians who remain infants, who remain baby Christians, who make excuses and remain in their comfort zones, they are not a threat to the enemy because they are passive. But an all-in, passionate, hearts for Jesus, growing, mature Christian, those are threats to the enemy. Because an all-in Christian is an active Christian, is a dangerous Christian. I want to be a dangerous Christian. What about you? So let's stop making excuses. Let's get out of our comfort zones and put in the work and let's grow. Second point, let go. Now the thing is, sometimes we really do want to go all-in, but... We're just holding on to certain things that are actually keeping us from growing, that are keeping us from giving God our everything. That young man wanted to do what was necessary until he heard what he had to let go of. He was disappointed. He was saddened when he heard what he would have to give up. And the truth is that many of us are behaving and reacting the same way as that young man did. You want me to give that up, Lord, really? But I like it. It's not hurting anybody. Have you heard of the monkey trap? There's this concept that's used to trap monkeys where they use a hollowed out gourd or a coconut or something and that they make a little hole just enough for the monkey to stick his hand in. And then they fill the inside with seeds or whatever just to entice the monkey. And he goes in, he sticks his hand, grabs the seed, grabs whatever's inside there. When he tries to take his hand out, it doesn't come out because the hole is big enough for his hand to go in. It's not big enough for a fist. So the monkey is holding on to whatever he is holding on to, but he can't come out. He's trapped. And that's how they catch the monkey because he won't let go. And he sits there trying to get his hand out of this hole It won't come out. He's trapped. Is he actually trapped? All he has to do is let go. But he doesn't. He holds on. And then he gets caught. And we sit and we're thinking, you silly monkey, let go. You're not actually trapped. It's in your head. Let go. The thing you are holding on to is holding you captive. Let go. And we say, you silly monkey. Meanwhile, what are we doing? We're holding on. We're holding on to things that are keeping us captive. We're holding on to things that are keeping us from growing, that are keeping us from moving forward. And the Lord is saying, let go. Let go. So ask yourself this morning, what are you holding on to that is actually keeping you trapped? What is keeping you from going all in? 
What do you need to let go of? Is it pride? Selfishness? Your comfort? Is it greed? Lust? Bitterness? Anger? Popularity? Position? Temporary pleasures? You fill in the blank. What is it that you are holding on to? See, if we don't let go of those things, we remain trapped. We remain bound by those things, but we're not actually trapped. We are keeping ourselves in that situation. There's nothing actually binding us, but our choice. We allow ourselves to be controlled by those things rather than experiencing the freedom of what God wants us to have, to experience the freedom that God wants us to enjoy. If we would just let go, we free ourselves for what God wants for us. When we let go of what is keeping us trapped, we free ourselves to move forward and grow. Luke chapter 9, verse 23 to 25 says, Then he said to them all, this is Jesus speaking, If anyone desires to come after, him, after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and he himself is destroyed or lost. What do you gain from holding on to that thing that is keeping you trapped? See, that thing that you're holding on to is actually revealing where your heart is. Again, it comes down to that question, where is your heart? You wanna hold on to your offense? You wanna hold on to your selfish desires? When Jesus says, deny yourself, that's what he means, let go. When God asked Abraham to sacrifice Isaac, he didn't actually want Isaac to be sacrificed. He was testing Abraham. He was testing where Abraham's heart was because God had made a promise to Abraham. And we see in his story, Abraham never fully, fully trusted. He did things to try and make it happen on his own. His heart wasn't 100% committed. And so this was a test when he said, Abraham, go sacrifice your son Isaac. The, the son that I promised you, the son that I promised my, well, that will fulfill my promise, that is, the promise will come through. Because remember, Abraham had Ishmael, and God blessed Ishmael, but the promise would not be fulfilled through him. He said it will be fulfilled through Isaac. Now here's God saying, go sacrifice Isaac. He was testing Abraham's heart. Abraham took Isaac, and only once Isaac was on the altar, bound, ready to be sacrificed, God stopped him and said, enough, I've, I've seen what I need. There's, there's a ram, there's your sacrifice. Because he was testing, is Abraham's heart for me? Am I his number one priority? Has he let go of everything else and holding on to me? And Abraham passed the test. After some failures, he finally passed, he finally got it. Where is your heart? What are you holding on to? If you're holding on to the wrong things, if you are trapped, let go. What do you gain by holding on to that thing that is keeping you trapped? 
We need to let go. And when we do, we deny ourselves and we become free to go all in. Point number three, be intentional. Being all in requires intentionality. We need to be intentional in our relationship with God, just like we need to be intentional with all of our other relationships. Let's take marriage, for example. A good marriage doesn't just happen. You can marry the most amazing person, but your marriage can still fail if you fail to be intentional with your spouse. If a couple does not make time to have date nights, to spend time together, to create space for connection without distraction, without the kids, without worries about work, if they don't intentionally take that time to spend with each other to foster that closeness, if they don't, be, if they don't take that intentionality, they will drift apart. They will lose their connection. They'll be married on paper, but there'll be no connection, there'll be no relationship. And I believe for many of us, that describes our relationship with God. We've committed our lives to Him, and we might have started out passionately, but then we get distracted by everything else that's happening around us, by everything else that's going on in our lives, that we just never take time, we, we, just, we don't have the time for Him. And slowly but surely, we drift further away from him. And take note, we drift further away. God doesn't go anywhere. So we slowly drift away until all we have is this promise that we made to follow him. But there's no real relationship to back it up. We need to be intentional in our relationship with God. And it's not just a good idea to be intentional. This was modeled for us by Jesus. Mark chapter one, verse 35, speaking about Jesus, it says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Jesus himself, the son of God, intentionally took time to spend with him. He removed himself from distraction. He intentionally made time to spend with God. Matthew chapter 14, verse 23. After he had dismissed them, he dismissed the crowd that he had been speaking to. He went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Even after a long day, Jesus made time. He withdrew from the distractions and he gave God his full attention. So let's follow his example. Let's be intentional. Let's make time. You see, that's where we fall into this trap. We try to fit God into our schedule rather than carving out time for him. We allow everything else to, to pile on and then we see, where can I fit God? Then that's where the excuse, I'm too busy, comes in. But being intentional means, no, this time here is God's time. This time here, my phone will be off, distractions will be put aside, and my attention will be on him and him alone. We need to make time, ignore the distractions, and give him our full attention. And then finally, our last and fourth point, embrace the growing pains. Now make no mistake, going all in is not easy. There are going to be growing pains. 
Let's go back to our gym analogy. If you have ever done any sort of exercise, then you will be familiar with the muscle soreness that comes afterwards. We know the saying, no pain, no gain. I'm not talking about the pain that comes from injury. It's just the, the pain, the soreness that comes from working out. An article on this muscle soreness said this, the muscle discomfort is simply a symptom of using your muscles and placing stresses on them that are leading to adaptations to make them stronger and better able to perform the task next time. This particular pain that you feel isn't bad. It is a sign that you did something to help you become stronger, to help you grow. The same applies to our spiritual growth. When we have to put aside our selfish desires, when we have to resist temptation, when we have to pick up our cross daily, when our commitment is tested, we are going to experience discomfort and maybe some pain but it's a good thing. Don't let that pain discourage you because with every repetition, every time you overcome it, you get stronger. Every time it gets a little easier and every time you get a little bit better at it. Denying ourselves and our selfish ways, letting go of those things that are keeping us trapped, being all in. It might not become easy to do, but every time we do it, it gets a little easier because we have grown. And I know that when we experience that pain, when we experience that discomfort, yes, it can be discouraging at times. And we can even begin to feel a bit worn down. But let's be reminded and encouraged by Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. Let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Don't grow weary. Don't lose heart, embrace the growing pains and soon you will experience growth. Facing pain, enduring the cost of going all in can seem daunting, but don't be afraid to walk this journey. Isaiah 41 verse 10, do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. He will give us the strength to endure. He will be with us throughout the process. He will help us grow. So let's not walk away like that young rich ruler did. Let's not be saddened when Jesus asks us to let go of the things that we are prioritizing over him. But instead, let us have hearts that are fully devoted to him. Let's stop making excuses. Let's let go of the things that are keeping us trapped. Let's be intentional. Let's embrace the growing pains and let's become strong, healthy, and mature believers who are all in for God. Amen? Amen. We sang it this morning. I hear your invitation to let it all go. I see it now. I'm laying it down. And I know that I need you. So I'll run to the Father and I'll fall into grace. I'm done with the hiding. There's no need to wait. He's not waiting for you to be perfect. Just come as you are. There's no need to wait. 
My heart needs a surgeon and my soul needs a friend, so I'll run to the Father again and again and again and again. Like I said, this is a journey and it's not going to be easy and sometimes we stumble. Sometimes we make mistakes that set us back a little bit, but guess what? That doesn't stop him from wanting you with him. That doesn't stop him from helping you grow. Pick yourself up and run back to him. As many times as it takes before it sticks, as many times as it takes before it gets easier and you don't stumble as much because he is worthy of it all. He is worthy of our everything, the good and the bad, the beautiful and the messy, all of it. He is worthy of it all. So let's run to the Father. Let's surrender. Let's let go. And let's be all in. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and close in prayer. And again, don't be hearers only. Be doers. Don't just sit in the gym. Get on the equipment and do the workout. Do the work. Don't just sit in church, but go apply what you're learning. Live it out. Do it. And watch your spiritual being get stronger and stronger and stronger. Amen. So Father, this morning, we just want to surrender it all before you. Father, I pray that you will give us the desire to be fully devoted to you, to surrender our heart before you and give you that throne, to cast aside everything else that is distracting us from you, that is keeping us away from you. Help us to reevaluate our priorities, Lord, and if we see that things are not where they should be, that we will actually take action and make the necessary changes. Father, I pray that we will stop making excuses, that we will stop allowing ourselves to get in the way. Father, give us the strength to let go from those, of those things that are keeping us trapped and keeping us away from you. Help us to deny ourselves, Lord, to fully give you our hearts, our desires, our dreams, our devotion. Help us, Lord, to be intentional, to not just fit you into our schedule, but to make time for you and fit everything else around it. Help us to follow Christ's example of spending time with you. Uninterrupted, no distractions, dedicated, intentional time with you, speaking to you, reading your word, growing in relationship with you, to deepen our connection with you so that we do not drift away, so that we do not lose that connection with you, but help us to have the strong and deep relationship with you, Lord. And help us to not grow weary, to not allow the pain and discomfort we might feel to discourage us or to make us fearful or to say, you know what, this hurts too much, I'm not going to do it. But help us to embrace those growing pains because those pains are a sign that we are doing something right, that we are working those spiritual muscles and that we are growing stronger, Lord. Help us to be all-in Christians, all-in believers, sold out for you, Lord, hearts fully devoted, 
so that we can be the mature Christians who go out and make a difference, the mature Christians who can understand the depth of your word. To be all in. To allow that all in commitment to prepare us for whatever is coming our way. May we be obedient, Lord, to what it is that you're asking of us. If something this morning made us feel uncomfortable, Lord, I I pray that you will show us that that is you pointing something out in our lives that we need to work on, something that you want us to change. And I pray, Lord, that we will not ignore that feeling, but that we will actually do something about it, that we will take action. And we thank you, Father, that even when we do make mistakes, when we do stumble, when we do fall back a little bit, your love for us doesn't change. Your devotion to us does not change. You don't go anywhere. You're right there, your arms open, saying, come, run to me. The invitation is there, just accept it. We thank you, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do in our lives with that all-in commitment, that we will see the power that will come from that, how we can be used in the kingdom, in the work for the kingdom, how we, we can be used to make a difference, to be a light in the darkness. So, Father, remove fear from our lives, remove that timidity, remove the walls that we have placed up And give us the courage to step into that commitment and be all in for you. We thank you, Lord. I pray, Father, that your blessings will be upon us, your protection will be upon us. That as we go out into this week and whatever is coming our way, Lord, that you will give us the strength to face it. You will give us the wisdom to navigate it, Lord. That you will guide us in everything we do. We give you all honor and praise, Lord. We give you our hearts. We give you our all-in commitment. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Have a blessed week. Go be an all-in dangerous Christian. Amen. Amen. Be blessed. Thank you.